Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. The Windy City Bears podcast. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. I would really appreciate it as we lead into the draft. Bears with some interesting off-the-field stuff with Byron Pringle doing donuts in his Hellcat car. What are you doing, dude? Uh, I was out at minicamp, so we do talk about that. Fields, I thought, looked good, but then the next day he was reportedly awful. Also been a busy week for me, was up in Milwaukee and then at the United Center uh, for the Bulls and the Bucks, and I allowed myself to get sucked in for one second when Chris Middleton got hurt and went from a Bulls had a 0% chance to win the series to 3%, and of course now uh, back down to zero. So uh, Grayson Allen, I interviewed him in the hallway. Everybody hates Grayson Allen. I'm here to tell you, quietly, that I kind of found him likable. He was an easygoing Grayson Allen, which maybe he's got multiple personalities. Anyway, this is a Bears show. DeWindy City Bears podcast with my guy Patrick Schmidt right ahead of the draft. Starts right now. Showtime. Schmitty, good to see you. We're starting with Debo. And, hey, it's rare that a receiver of this level wants out. Doesn't seem like the 49ers are going to... Uh, be trading him, but uh, I think that I can see right now that you're a little bit excited, at least at the concept that maybe the Bears could pull off a miracle and get Debo. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Yeah, it's actually not that rare because uh, the last month we've seen Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill, and maybe now Debo. It's uh, it's the trend of this uh, this off season, the, the non-playing season, because there's been no lack of of storylines, and yeah, Debo trumping the draft here as our A one story. Uh, with the draft just a few days away, but Debo Samuel wants out. The Bears need wide receivers. Could this be a match made in heaven? First of all, the production's insane. Last year, 77 catches, 1,405 yards. He rushed it 59 times for 365 yards, 14 total touchdowns. Justin Fields thinking about this has got to be salivating. 49ers GM John Lynch talking today, quote, we pride ourselves 
on our communication with our players. This is no different. I'm confident we can find the solutions for whatever is going on. And then he continues, I'm not going to get into the particulars. I'm very understanding. I don't think it's in anyone's best interest to get into those particulars, but I can't imagine wanting to move on from Debo. He's just too good of a player. So that is, you know, we didn't hear anything like that coming out of Kansas City, although if there would have been Tyreek Hill rumors. I'm sure that Brett Feach would have said something like that, right? And we certainly didn't hear that out of Green Bay. Um, Brian Gutenkunst would have said something probably like that about Devontae. So it does feel like he's not going to get traded, but who the hell knows? Yeah, John Lynch is just saying, hey, unless somebody wants to give me two first-round picks for Debo Samuel, we're not trading this guy. And Debo Samuel, I don't think he really wants to necessarily get moved either. He probably just wants, you know, $100 million and, you know, 50 mil up front. So uh, you can understand each side's uh, perspective in this situation. Yeah, if I'm Ryan Poles, you know, I'm probably going to make a phone call and just see what the, the, the going rate is. Of course, it's going to be a first-round pick, and then we'll see what happens. The Bears obviously don't have a first-round pick, as we know, since last year. They, they traded this year's pick for Justin Fields. Um, so that's pretty much the, uh, the beginning, the middle, and the end of the Bears' pursuit of Debo Samuel. He sure would look good in Chicago. He sure would look great on receiving end of passes and handoffs from Justin Fields. He's a very versatile wide receiver. Not many people can do what he can do uh, on the field. <laughs> Sure would look great in a Bears uniform, but the Bears, they're not going to trade for Debo Samuel. Breaking news, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, but the Bears need to find their own Debo Samuel in the draft. Uh, we've talked about wide receivers uh, since the inception of this show. Um, they're going to take a wide receiver, maybe two wide receivers in this draft and early in the draft, at least early for them, uh, with two second-round picks and no first. But uh, it's just not going to happen. It's going to, one, they don't have the draft capital and assets to, to, to do it. And then secondly, they're not going to blow up their cap situation uh, as they try and clear as much money as they can off the books this year, which was a big part of the reason to trade Khalil Mack and, and really go into 2023 with as much uh, cap space and cash uh, so you can make a, a big splurge in the free agent market. So Debo would look great in a Bears uniform. It's just not going to happen. Would you consider, I understand we don't have the draft capital, and I understand this is not happening, but just throwing stuff against the wall. Darnell Mooney, the Bears are going to have a decision after this year whether or not to pay him. Uh, would you consider, hey, San Francisco, we'll give you Darnell, who you have, uh, under contract, very cheap this year, and you can make a decision on him next year or the year after, for that matter. Uh, and we'll give you both our second-round picks, 39 and 48, and we'll give you a first-rounder next year. Would you let, let, Let's say they would do that. You making that deal? No way. No. I mean, okay. no. Several times over, no. Like, that's about this year and Darnell Mooney and a one next year, like, no, I like I, I I'm not doing that. There's like you, nothing in that uh, hypothetical that uh, excites me at all. Um, well, hold on, hold uh, on. W would you do M Mooney in the two picks and not a number one? Yeah, I would probably do Mooney in in the two twos. I mean, why not? Uh, Mooney, I think he's a solid player. He's never going to be a, a a true number one. 
maybe not even a, a true number two. I think he's probably a, a really good three for a, a Super Bowl contending team. Um, maybe he's a, a good number two on a, on a, a playoff contending team. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's limited in what he could do. Great deep threat, great speed. Um, but he, he's never going to be Debo Samuel. Um, and whoever they use these second-round picks on, they're hoping that they could get at least one wide receiver that can be, you know, the true X playmaker that they that they lack. But, yeah, if I could get Debo Samuel without giving up a first-round pick, yeah, I, I'd probably explore ways to do that. And then that's worth – you know, giving him the, the new paper and then I could talk myself into the positives where, hey, you know, we we're going to use one of those second round picks on a wide receiver anyways. You know, what are the chances that wide receiver would be as good as Debo Samuel is today? Uh, and it, it really helps Justin Fields with the uh, the learning curve here and giving him a, a legitimate pass, catch, pass catching option and legitimate threat for the defenses to concern themselves with because, you know, I don't I don't know how many defenses are, are, are losing sleep over the, the thought of having to cover Darnell Mooney and the, the thought of having to cover Cole Komet. I mean, let's let's just be real here. Um, there's some potential there and there's some promise there. But if you get Debo Samuel there and that really helps with the, the how do we support Justin Fields argument there? But man, two twos and it's like, all right, well, how are we going to get some offensive linemen here because it still needs some offensive linemen despite some of the signings they've made in free agency. Um, expecting big leaps out of Larry Borm and Tevin Jenkins. But, man, it's uh, that hypothetical. If I could get Debo Samuel without having to give up a first-round pick, I think, you know, Ryan Poles would be a little bit more inclined to do that. But then again, is John Lynch? And then how excited is John Lynch going to be to get Darnell Mooney? I, I don't know about that. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, the long of long shots. So the, the, apparently, yeah. the jet the Jets are the favorite here. Uh, apparently, you know, New York is interested. They try to get Tyreek Hill, so that makes sense. And they and they have uh, you know two picks in the top ten, and the rumor being that they'll send the tenth pick uh, to to San Francisco and, and base a deal around that. Um, but you just you just teed up a bunch of Justin Fields stuff. So let let's let's go over to the quarterback and. That was the big story out of the three-day minicamp that basically Fields on the on the final day was not good. Um, you know, he's learning a new offense, and I, I, you know, his press conference it was just it was just kind of painful, Patrick, for for me just to to listen to him because um, he, you know, one of the things he said the most challenging part for him right now with the whole new regime is that he's got to learn a whole new offense. You know, he, th this was like, this was the lesson of what you learned from Mitchell Trubisky, right? Like you shouldn't have stuck him with John Fox for that year. And now, by the way, enter our sweepstakes and get yourself a Justin Fields jersey. But, and I'm not saying he can't do it, but you add it on to the degree of difficulty. Go play one year with Matt Nagy, who also did the same thing that they did with Trubisky. Didn't get him ready to play and then threw him out there because, Dalton got hurt in week three and he wasn't ready. And now, so, which is the same thing they did with Trubisky when Mike Lennon sucked. And so yeah. like we, we, we have repeated history here that that's what's happened. Um, and so he's sitting there, you know, trying to learn a whole new system. Uh, and you know, NFL offenses are complicated. It's a lot. And I'm not saying he can't do it. I'm not saying he won't do it. I'm sure he will, but we've added on to the degree of difficulty and it's great. Yeah. 
then again, this is all what we were expecting, right? You know, it's like we had they had to fire Mad Nagy and Brian Pace. Like that was the right move, but doing so, you know, okay, we're we're resetting here the learning curve here for Justin Fields. He's gonna have to learn a whole new offense, whole new terminology, get it used to a, a, a whole new staff. But we knew that that was you know the necessary evil. It's like, would you rather have another year with Matt Nagy here for Justin Fields to be, you know, a little bit more comfortable in year two in and in, in an offense that didn't work in year one. So um, this is just, this is the time to struggle. This is the time to learn. Um, so I, I don't think it's, you know, a, a huge deal. It's something to earmark and be aware of. Uh, but I'm not hitting the panic button yet. This is end of April. This is the time to learn the new terminology, learn the playbook. Learn how to get out of in and out of the huddle with the with these plays. So, this is all par for the course. This is to be expected. Uh, this is you know step one of a of a mile, you know of a marathon even. So, uh, get these struggles out of the way now. We still have the whole duration of training camp, um, you know, in July and August before things really get underway. So, let's get these you know early. You know, I don't even want to say like growing pains, but uh, you know, it's if you know your first day on a new job, you have a new boss, you're you're doing something new for the first time. Like, you're not going to be a, a proficient expert in the first ten minutes of your first shift on your first day. So, um, I'm I'm not hitting the panic button, but yeah, you know, obviously we want consistent improvement between now and you know training camp here and uh, at the end of July, and obviously when the season starts. Yeah, I hate learning new things. I suck yeah, at it. Who doesn't, right? Like, like <laughs> <It's> this, frustrating. <laughs> this new piece of technology. Hey, Carm, can you learn how to restream so you and Patrick can <laughs> can do the show? Yes, I can, but I'm scared that I won't be able to pick it up quickly. And then, of course, it's easy and easy enough. Although Richard's probably worked with me now ten times on it, the little intricate details. Which means, by the way, that uh, it's a uh, Friday night after. The Bears have their selections in the second and third round. Patrick and I uh, are going to jump on uh, late Friday night just to discuss whatever the hell they did. Uh, hopefully it'll be, fingers crossed, something good. And we've done a ton of draft talks. So if you want to go back and check out any of the – our last episode was about our uh, – we did a whole mock draft, so feel free to go back and check that out as well. But, um, you know, listen, learning new things, not easy. And I, I think there has to be – a just a measured way of going about this. I thought Dan Orlovsky, I saw one quote from him that was super on point in my mind. He said, quote, the big thing for Justin is how much he can individually get better without focusing on the burden of winning games because that's when you get yourself into trouble, he continues. That's when you when you really start to get ruined. It's not easy. The desire to win is so great that you can stunt your own development and go backwards. Like, I hmm. I think it's doesn't that sound right that hey dude get your play the right way be willing to make your mistakes um and however many games the bears win next season should not be the determining factor if or not you are it shouldn't be a referendum on the quarterback if or not you're the guy how you learning to play the right way and growing throughout the year and hopefully there will be wins along the way, but most important that you see the growth. That's the most important thing. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Initially, that's like a, it sounds kind of backwards, right? It's like, don't worry about the wins, but it's like, 
it's all about the wins. It's like you, you play to win the game, you know, right? Like the whole Herm Edwards soundbite. Like, of, of yeah, course. That's, it, it makes it, especially for Justin Fields, where, you know, he, he won one big in high school, uh, one big at, you know, was on the, the Georgia playoff team, and then Ohio State gets to the playoff and then the national championship game. It's like, this is how he's wired. Like, he's wired to win and win big. And it's like telling him to not focus on winning. Like, it, it it's probably – there's going to be a little bit of a disconnect there. But I think when you really, like, drill down and, and really absorb and, and focus on the words that Orlowski is saying, he's like, focus on the things you need to do, and then the wins will come because of the things that you're doing. So I think it's like, you know, it's a baby steps pr- approach. It's like, all right, let's let's learn how to crawl. And then we learn how to walk, then we learn how to run, then we learn how to sprint, basically. So that's kind of where we're at with Justin Fields. It's like this is his rookie year now. It's like almost like forget about everything that happened last year. But, yeah, let's really focus on all of the little things. And I think this coaching staff is going to do a much better job of that than the than the predecessors. Uh, I, I really like the staff and everything that they've said so far and, and the, the people and personnel they've worked with in the past. And, and – those people vouching for this, you know, kind of leadership team. So, yeah, it's uh, it's like we want to reach the final destination. We want to, you know, beat the Packers, win the NFC North, win some playoff games, get back to a Super Bowl and, and win a Super Bowl. But there are a lot of steps and a lot of incremental progress that needs to happen before that. And I think Justin Fields, as much as he loves winning and as much as we as fans love winning, we really need to embrace the journey you know, and not just focus on the destination. It's like we need to focus on on that journey here and what it's going to take to make this monumental progress or incremental progress from a four or five win team to, you know, a seven or an eight win team to a, a nine and ten win team that's competing for the playoffs. And then, you know, a, you know, hopefully a 12, 13 kind of win team that's that's annually winning the division getting to NFC championship games and, and just give yourself a shot, like the old Theo Epstein kind of mantra. It's like, give yourself a shot to be one of the, the final two or four teams at the end to be left standing. So winning is still obviously the, the big focus, but it's like, don't lose sight of the things you need to do to get those wins. It's a developmental year, end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey, when I was out at uh, the mini camp, I thought fields looked really good. It was this was before the this was the Wednesday the Thursday was more of the scrimmage but just watching him go through all the workouts they were putting him through to me his arm motion looked a lot crisper there wasn't the whole swing it was more boom and he just body language whatever this is a Wednesday in April I'm not mm-hmm. saying to make a huge deal of it but to me he looked good like very solid so. Uh, Take that for whatever it's worth. But I, I, I mean, he give... should look good, right? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, well, he's, he's in shorts. Going, he's not going against a great defense, you know, shorts and a helmet. You know, it's like he's obviously a, a physical specimen. Like he should look good, shorts and, <laughs> and shoulder pads and a helmet. Uh, he should look good. So let's not hit the panic button yet. We got a, a long way to go here before, you know, the games start counting for real between the, you know, wins and losses are, are added to the, uh, the record column and, and stats are showing up on the box score. So it's one of those things, but I'm encouraged. Carm was encouraged by his body language. I think that's a good sign. He's, he's got that much uh, more confidence in himself. Um, 
No, I, I said he's like resetting. You know, it's like everything that happened last year. We we don't really concern ourselves about that, but it was still a big year as far as the adjustment from college to the pros, handling everything uh, that comes with being a pro player. So let's not worry. There's going to be plenty of time to to worry and be upset, but let's let's focus on the positives, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to give credit, Schmitty, to uh, Courtney Cronin, who's uh, yeah. stepping in, covering uh, for for uh, Jeff Dickerson, who uh, tragically passed away, and R.I.P. J.D. And uh, Courtney and him were friends, and she's I I just you know it's kind of a weird situation there, you know, like this you got to step into his shoes, but she's doing a great job, and her she did a detailed breakdown of Fields last year, uh, and so the Bears. Pass block win rate, sixty six point one percent. That this is the offensive line that they're trying to rework. So maybe these numbers are skewed, but that's the sixth best in the league. Fields averaged two point nine one seconds before uh, throwing the football last year. Also sixth highest. The NFL average was two point seven seven. Now that could mean that he's holding on to the ball too long, but there actually was some time, at least at points. Um, of the 10 interceptions, six were while he was pressured, so four weren't. And then his .7 touchdown to intercept, interception ratio when not pressured, when not pressured, just standing there by himself, second worst in the league. So it ain't all on the offensive line. Right. I mean, I think that's I think that's fairly obvious that this dude has got to get better. He's got to get a lot better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's – uh. Yeah. Well, because everybody wants to, everyone just wants to throw out. Well, did you see this? You see that? No, no. Yeah, yeah, I did, and I also saw some other things too. It, yeah. he, he, you know, that's yeah. that's. I mean, you can't put it on. Does the offensive line suck? Yeah, no receiver. Yeah, well, you know, Dave Montgomery's a pretty good player. Darnell Mooney, not elite. I get it, but eh, this is a decent piece. Yeah, uh, you know, so. Uh, He's got it. There's got to be a whole trust building where he, if he knows that he throws the ball, that his receiver is going to be there rather than trying to figure out the dude's open, getting himself into trouble. So there's a lot to go here. Um, but I don't know. Going through her piece, I recommend it. It's like, oh, well, that's not good. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like, there was a lot of it. Yeah. And, and Courtney's awesome. You know, she was on the Vikings beat and, it's like I, I turn on ESPN radio and it's like she's always like filling in a, on some other show like all the time. I'm like, when do you have time to write? It's like it's, it's awesome. She's like a superstar for ESPN. But yeah, I think there's the the initial like defense mechanism last year when when Fields was getting sacked all the time. It's like, oh well, the offensive line sucks. Oh well, it's Nagy not you know calling in the right plays and you know it's like well it was always somebody else's fault because we didn't want to like allow ourselves to think that oh maybe justin fields is doing something wrong it's like we've been burned many times before with with our quarterbacks but of course there's some accountability there there were some times where where justin fields held on to the ball too long or he didn't make the the right read at the right time the ball should have been out of his hand um you know maybe relying on his athleticism a little bit too much to to hang on to the ball a little bit see if he could escape the or elude the pressure and it just it doesn't happen um, to the same level of effectiveness that it did at Ohio State. But, yeah, certainly a, a lot of room for improvement. Um, you know, <laughs> get rid of the ball a little bit quicker, tighten up that release. Hopefully we get a big – God, my fingers are crossed, my toes are crossed, that Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins – and speaking of mini camps, 
we had a little position switch with those two guys. Larry Borum going to the left side. Tevin Jenkins going to the right side. These are the positions they played in college when Borum was at Missouri and Jenkins at Oklahoma State. So hopefully there's a little bit more uh, fluidity and it just feels a little bit more natural for both of them. Uh, especially for Tevin Jenkins, this is a huge year for him after missing pretty much the entire rookie season. Larry Borum was a, a starter right away, you know, a fifth-round pick, looking like, wow, we we unearthed another gem here. Uh, then he got hurt and he was out for a long time. So both these second-year players with a second-year quarterback, boy, it could be really exciting if all three of these guys hit because then you're talking about, great, we got our, our franchise quarterback, we got our franchise left tackle, franchise right tackle, you know, if you could plug in a spot at one of the guard spots with one of these draft picks like we talked about uh, in the previous couple of weeks. We, lo- we love the dude from from Tulsa. Maybe he's a, a guard that, you know, they plug in a right guard or left ta- or, or left guard. So fingers crossed. But, yeah, certainly got to <laughs> cut down, certainly got to cut down on those sacks. And that that nine sack game against the Browns, I think that obviously being an outlier, that's going to hurt those metrics a little bit. But. Uh, you know, that was the, the worst of the worst case scenario. But yeah, the, the overall theme has got to be better in a lot of areas. And fingers crossed, we're going to see that. T- Tyler Smith, uh, the offensive tackle at Oklahoma, who was one guy that we mentioned last year. Shimmy had him going 48, uh, to, uh, our second pick. I had him 39 in our mock draft last week. Uh, Iceberg Slim, you're making a good point. This offense we're running, uh, we get the ball fast, so that's a plus. This is a rhythm offense, West Coast offense. It's, it's, it's supposedly very quarterback-friendly. Let's go. I still have a little bit of a freak out when you really go and just look at the Bears coaching staff. Matt Eberflus. Never been a head coach. Lou Getze, never been an offensive coordinator. Justin Fields, never been a good quarterback in the NFL. Like, it's just a lot. Ryan Paul's never been a general manager. Ryan Paul's. A lot of people doing things for the first (laughs) time all at the same time. So everybody's learning at the same time. There's no, you know, there's no, uh, you know, it'd be great if uh, we had a a 10-year offensive coordinator vet or a super veteran defensive coordinator, but, I'm 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 kind of fine with it at the same time. Um, okay. <laughs> maybe that's me drinking the the orange and uh, blue Kool Aid or the navy and orange Kool Aid. But yeah, I think everybody's going to kind of grow together, and it's not all going to be linear. It's man, I'm I'm thinking back to the the young Cubs, the the 2015 Cubs, when you know everybody was so young, and and for the Bears fans that that cross over to Cubs fans, where you had. You know, a young Rizzo, a young Javi Baez, a young Kyle Schwarber, a young Chris Bryant, uh, a young Addison Russell, all these young guys kind of coming up together at the same time. When they all hit at the same time, you could win championships. If, you know, two or three of those guys struggle, uh, then it could be tough. Um, but that team, that Cubs team, they had some some strong veteran leadership. You know, John Lester, David Ross in particular. Where is this strong veteran leadership going to come from on the Bears? Right. It's, you know, Khalil Mack's gone. You know, Roquan Smith and Eddie Jackson, these are kind of like the, the old vets now. Cody Whitehair, I guess. So, you know. Yeah, that, and that Cub team, of course, went out and hired a guy by the name of Joe Madden to lead them, uh, which is, you know, Matt Eberflus does not have that pedigree. I like that, though. Like, I, I mean, Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins were not the prospects that KB was right. coming to. But, but hey, listen, uh, maybe it will all hit at once. Um Speaking of, I guess, help on offense that the Bears are trying to do for Justin, my segue to that, I think we need to get to Byron Pringle, um, uh, who 
was pulled over Saturday night by the Florida Highway Patrol. Uh, he was charged with reckless driving with a suspended license. He's doing donuts on a public road in his 2016 Dodge Challenger SRT Hellcat, which is those uh, fascinating Dodge vehicles that you see on the street that, quite frankly, terrify me. It look like probably a lot of fun to drive. Um, he had uh, a, a male juvenile child in the left rear seat along with a, uh, an adult in the right front seat. And let's go do some donuts. I don't have a license. And, oh, now I'm getting really upset because you stopped me from doing these donuts and I'm going to jail. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> come so on, man. Flags. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, listen, I, I, I said on Twitter that I would sh- the dumbest thing that I've ever that I've ever done in a car. I was 16 years old. My cousin was in the vehicle and I was trying to show off. So I didn't have my hands on the steering wheel. I was like putting them outside the window. And then all of a sudden somebody was on a, on a street where you wouldn't have people stopping. Someone was making a left turn and I slammed on the brakes and cracked into not super hard, but cracked into the back of this car. Cause I was a complete and utter moron. You're an NFL player in your late twenties. What are you doing, dude? I yeah. like like how how have you not learned that lesson at some point? Yeah, look, hey, we were all young and dumb when we were young and dumb, you know. <laughs> I got stories too when I was you know, 15, 16, 17, first driving, you know, and I've done donuts, you know, that when you get a get some good snowfall, empty parking lot, like let's 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 have some fun. Let's do some donuts. You know, we're 16 years old, we have no responsibilities and Gosh, you know, it's like, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, yeah, that was fun. But I also wasn't a grown ass man, you know, an NFL player with my child in the vehicle. (laughs) Like there's like with this Pringle thing, it's like there's so many like additional layers that are just like, what are you doing? It's like, okay, if this kid wasn't in the vehicle with him, like, okay, you know, we were. Ever, you know, raise your hand if you haven't done donuts. Like, yeah, we've done that too. And then just like the verbal confrontation with the officers, like, right? That's, like the second, st- it's like, dude, you're in the wrong. Like, pay your ticket. Say, yeah, you know, my bad. Pay the fine. Do do your time. Whatever. Like, well, not do your time, literally, but yeah. So it's like add both of those layers to it. It's like, man, I have I have no sympathy for you. And like, for real, like. I want to look into that contract language here. I want to get the lawyers involved here. Like, can we void this deal and just sever our relationship now? Like, let's just let's would just you things here. Like, I know this isn't like the worst of the worst offenses, and we we've seen NFL players do some some really horrible things behind the wheel. I mean, including recently. But man, I, I have no sympathy for this kind of just entitlement and just like full blown stupidity and like cockiness I, I there's just so many red flags here it's like it's just it's ridiculous man he he might not ha- i well i'm giving huge benefit of the doubt right now but his license was suspended for financial responsibility from a february 10th with a seize tag order don't know what that means and another suspension for failure to pay a traffic fine so he might have just like lost his his, his license for just not paying his fines versus like and that's you, like that's like that's just as stupid too because that's just like negligence and stupidity yeah. like dude pay the pay the cost for the new tag like what is that i know like in illinois it's it's getting more and more expensive but 
150 bucks, whatever. Pay the you ticket, make six million bucks, like right, dude, like three hundred dollars, and it's like whatever this fine is now, like it, it's probably ex exponentially higher than that. It's just layers of stupidity here, man. It's like on top of it. It's just I, I saw the news and I was just like this this idiot, you know. And then it's like I was getting madder and madder about it. And it's like not like I'm expecting. Byron Pringle to be like a an, an 80 catch 1000 yard eight touchdown kind of a guy this year anything like that but it's like he was obviously signed for a reason you know but I got excited I, about I'm it ready to just I'm ready to like let's cut this guy like let the one <laughs> like signs in in March 15th whatever cut April 25th let's do it we we went inside Larry Okunjobi. Oh no, we didn't. You failed the yeah. physical. We went inside by. Oh yes, we did. But now we're cutting you because you ended up in the Pasco County Jail after ignoring commands from the arresting officer, and you were being verbally confrontational on a suspended license with your kid in the car in your Dodge Hellcat. Oh my God. Um. All right. Hey, be better, Byron. We're not going to cut you because this is the NFL, and we need you. Uh. Can you imagine the the flu sitting down? Yeah, uh, yeah, this is this is not a part of the hits principle. Yeah, uh, right. we, we we do appreciate that you spun through the full donut, that you mm -hmm. went to the finish of the donut. However, uh, you did not accept responsibility for your donut, and that's not how we like it. I, I for some reason this whole thing made me think of like Roscoe P. Coltrane in my childhood with the Dukes of Hazard. You didn't watch the Dukes mm -hmm. of Hazard, did you? Or did you? A little bit, but I'm a, obviously aware of it, but I did not watch it in real time. <laughs> it's, it's Friday nights, baby. Just the good old boys. And I'm like, this guy's like spinning around in his General Lee. Um, odd reference, but that's just kind of what I what I thought of with, with Byron. I, the dude's, again, 28. Come on, man. You, you can do this. All right. Speaking of, uh, I don't know, decisions the Bears have to make. Let, let's uh, let's take a look at Roquan, who that was my day at, at, at Hallis. He's, he's up there speaking to the media, and they're asking him, hey, man, you plan on staying with the Bears? He's like, well, that's my plan. That's what I want to do. And people forget about it. I forgot. Roquan doesn't have an agent. He's, mm -hmm. he's doing his own deal. And that's not normal. Um, I guess I give him credit for that. But, uh, you know, he's the Bears picked up his fifth-year option. 9.375 for this year, but you got Darius Leonard with the Colts who got five years and 98 and a half million. Uh, and Zach Cunningham, who got four years and 58. So somewhere in the middle, right. is probably where Roquan's going to land, but he, he, he ranks ahead of Cunningham and Darius Leonard in tackles for loss 43. And he's second behind Leonard in sacks with 14. So this is nothing that we don't know, but it's going to be a, you know, there's, there's a big payday coming from Roquan from someone. And you, you think it should be the bears, right? Absolutely. You draft Roquan Smith with the, the hopes that he can get one of those big, uh, you know, hundred million dollar type contracts. He's a, a, the number eight pick. Uh, he's been, you know, he should have been, you know, all pro. I know there's some, you know, other good middle linebackers and Roquan's kind of been snubbed or overlooked over the last couple of years, but He's as good as they come, and he, he's definitely earned his money. I think he's going to get that Darius Leonard type of money. Uh, we've seen what Flus did for him in his career, and he wasn't the elite, highly regarded top 10 pick. You know, certainly a great pick in his own right, but uh, wasn't the top 10 caliber pick that Roquan was. So a lot more to work with there, a lot more to mold. 
so I'm fully expecting Roquan Smith to have his best year yet and get a $100 million type deal. And, you know, on one hand, not having an agent, he doesn't need to give that 10 or 15% or whatever it is. But at the same time, he might not have that super sharp uh, negotiating power to get that extra 10 or 15%. So I probably wouldn't advise it. You know, I would definitely recommend Roquan get himself some representation because he's going to get uh, or should be in line to get $100 million and, and you know, a good chunk of that up front. So definitely worthy. I don't think there's going to be any kind of situation where the Bears balk at, at paying him the money. I'm sure they'll, they'll want to get a, a team-friendly deal and a cap-friendly deal. But I don't think this is a situation where they don't want to pay him and they're going to let him walk in free agency because they don't want to pay him. You draft guys like Roquan to pay him. So ultimately, I think that's what's going to happen. And, and he's already shown himself to be the next great Bears middle linebacker. I'm assuming that something happened to Roquan with his prior whoever he was working with agent-wise, because uh, and a lot of these guys, the guy was flipping through my TikTok last night, and, and Richard Jefferson talks about how he got scammed out of $10 million from some business manager. And he's like, you know, y'all, y'all make fun of me, but there's some you know, really rich people who got Bernie Madoff and whatever else. This is not that yep. rare. And and people do funny things with the numbers, and, uh, you know, they send them fake balance sheets, and it, it looks – but then event, but like Richard Jefferson, this whole story was like he, he was really smart how he figured it out and cut his and was able to cut his losses and file a lawsuit uh, to recoup whatever he could. So I don't know if that's what happened to Roquan, but regardless of any of that, Roquan's been phenomenal, man. Roquan plays violent. Uh, I, I'm just a fan in, in general. So keep 58 around. I hope I hope that uh, you know people are like, is he going to be interchangeable with Nicholas Morrow, dude? I like that signing. Come on, man. This is not this is not, this is not there's no there's no interchangeable here. Ro- Roquan's the the guy on this defense right now. Um I mean another guy on the defense Eddie Jackson, uh, you know, he showed up he was, he's showing up at the Bulls game. He's he's talking on Twitter, you know, can, can we bring back Akeem Hicks? Dude. Uh you know, last guy left from the 2017 draft class Mitchell Trubisky. You sucked so bad last year. You don't have the right to make requests. Learn, learn what the fluce is teaching. Talk about, you know, it was like, it was like oh, he's, he's there, there. You know, play hard on every single play. Like it's, yeah, yeah, that's going to be a change for you, Eddie. I mean, it really is. Half the time you're walking, you're walking around out there, it's like it doesn't look like you want to hit anybody, and you're just kind of there. That's, I mean, you were awful last year. So, Really, the I, last two years, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he, he three years ago, we were talking about this guy being one of the five or six best safeties in the NFL, and since then, he's been nowhere near that. It's like, what happened to this guy? Like, like seriously, really? what happened to this guy? You know, he he got his money, and you hate to say it, but he he definitely kind of I don't know, maybe lost the that extra will and that determination of that like that fourth round pick trying to. You know, prove everybody wrong, silence all the doubters. Had a great start to his career. He he was getting those interceptions, returning them for touchdowns. But I want to see that guy come back. It, hey, I don't mind if he's saying, hey, bring back Akeem Hicks. I wouldn't mind bringing back Akeem Hicks on a one-year deal. I don't know what the free agent market is is like for for Hicks. He's been, he's been hurt. He's been banged up. But when he's healthy, he's been a gigantic difference maker and disruptor. But he hasn't been signed yet, so that goes to show you that other teams don't view Akeem Hicks the same way that that Bears fans have over the last few years. But Eddie Jackson, I wish 
we could see that player from from three or four years ago. Don't know how or if we're gonna see it. Hopefully this this new defense will be will be good for him. The flus he he has to know that you know outside of Roquan, Eddie Jackson is, is gonna be one of his his guys, and he needs to have a great season for the Bears to have a a chance to to win some games this year because his his tackling has been non-existent. Um, but and if he if he's not getting interceptions, you can't overlook his lack of willingness to get involved in the run game and make stops. So, you know, if you're if you're Deion Sanders and you're getting eight, ten interceptions a year and you're completely shutting down half of the field, that's fine. Don't worry about tackling. But when you're not doing that, you can't not do the other two. If you're at the Bulls game and they flash Eddie Jackson on the United Center scoreboard like they did Friday night, are you cheering? I'm not cheering, but I'm not <laughs> booing. I'm just like, oh, cool, Eddie Jackson's here. Yeah. And like, okay. It, it was just thinking to myself, man, remember when Eddie Jackson was really good and we thought he was going to be, you know, a, an all pro and, you know, the next Mike Brown here and this and that and the other. So it, it was not a booing, but I'm not, I'm, I'm also not jumping out of my seat cheering him either. Then again, the Bulls really haven't given fans much uh, inspiration to do that either. It it was it was a lukewarm reception for 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 Eddie, um, and it's and he it, he the look on his face like hi, hey. yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like, take me off the jumbo uh, please. Okay, I I I'm here for some hoop. I'm the go Bulls, but like we all know that uh, Bears this, this town is not in love with me right now. Have you seen Twitter? Um, and like they had, they also had uh, on, on Sunday the. Uh, Three, three uh, Chicago Sky were in the crowd. Uh, Allie Quigley amongst them. And, like they show them, and it's like, and the, the, there was a like no one stood. I'm like, hey, the WNBA champs. Yeah. Let's, get a, let's get a standing O going on here, Bulls fans. Let's get a you know. Uh, but I mean, there was a okay. I mean, okay. So some golf claps. Yeah, I would good. wonder how many people would recognize them if they didn't put up, you know, Allie oh, Quigley not- or Courtney Vandersloot or whatever. Maybe a little bit more recognized, you know, Candace Parker, you know, if she was there. But, yeah, got to give it up for the champs. <laughs> that, was, that was awesome what they did. But, uh, yeah, We're, the casual Bulls fan, I'm not sure if they would recognize <laughs> it. But I, I would probably give a little bit of, a, of an ovation, a little bit louder than a golf clap. But I don't know if I'd get up out of my seat, though, either. Yeah, right, right. Well, that was that's what it was. Would you go greater ovation for Eddie Jackson or Allie Quigley? Um, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll leave that one out there. Hey, uh, Schmitty, as we wrap up here, uh, you know the draft again Thursday night, first round Friday night. Uh, Bears will be making their picks. We'll be on uh, sometime late Friday night. So subscribe to the channel, and you will get that notification. And just uh, we'll we'll celebrate or you know, uh, put out some, perhaps, uh, that's not the pick that we would have made. It'll be, but t- it'll be live therapy for yeah. a fraction of the cost. Exactly. Um, exactly. Ho- hopefully it's good. We're going to find the positives. We'll see if there's any maneuvering trade downs, trade ups. Um, don't think we're going to see any trade ups or, or trade, you know, to move up. Uh, certainly not in the first round, maybe some maneuvering in the second round. But, Denver. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of thinking, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been thinking one's going to be a wide receiver, one's going to be an offensive lineman with these, you know, second round picks. And, the, and the, the, with the third round pick, you know, maybe a cornerback or a defensive lineman. Now after the Pringle arrest, I'm kind of wondering if maybe they double dip on wide receiver. 
in the second round. Could I be. wouldn't be opposed to it. I think they need to get two wide receivers out of their first three or four picks. So maybe we're talking about two new wide receivers. I, I would guarantee one of those first two picks is a wide receiver. And maybe the, the Davenport signing today maybe precludes them from, from taking an offensive lineman in the second round. I like Kenyon Green uh, out of Texas A&M. We like uh, Smith, the Tulsa offensive lineman. Uh, Darian Kennard, a, a, a huge 345-plus guard out of Kentucky, been a, a multiple-time All-SEC performer. It's all going to depend on how this this draft board shakes out. Maybe if there's a an offensive lineman they had in their top 25, he's available for them at 39. Oh, that's too good to pass up. Um, and then maybe there there's four or five receivers they like when they're on the clock at 39. Maybe they pass to take uh, a wide receiver with the second of two picks. So we're we're all just guessing and hoping and and hoping we get three starters out of this draft. I think that's got to be the minimum. Um, but yeah. I- Agreed. I'm looking at yeah. I'm I'm looking at the Broncos, Schmidt, just a little bit here. They they don't have a pick until 64, but then they've got 64, 75, 96, 115, 116. Like you know, if we're going for the trade down, I wouldn't be completely surprised if the Bears and Broncos get together at some point. Like, do you trade out a 48 for 64 and 75 and make maybe one of their seventh rounders? I don't, you know, I don't have the draft calculator in front of me. And by the way, that draft calculator just irritates me too, because why is that gospel? It depends on who the player is at that point. But regardless, like, I, Den- Denver's got a ton of picks, but they don't have a pick till 64. So if you're looking for a team that might get itchy to want to jump up, that might make a sense that they might want 39 and or 48, and the Bears could capitalize that way. Um, and, Matt, to your point, I completely agree. Uh, Davenport should not preclude an O-line draft pick. Of course, it absolutely should not. Um, and I don't think the Bears are looking at it that way. This, I mean, Julian Davenport, nine games, four starts with the Colts last year. He's with the Dolphins for two years before that, 24 games. He made nine starts. And before that, he was with the Texans, 27 games, 19 starts. So, I mean, this is not this is a, this is a rotational uh, addition. Yeah, tough guy. Yeah, third tackle type of piece. Uh, it, it does worry me for the record that we're getting all these Colts people like you, you just you're you're doing a little bit of the orient to what you know, which is a lot of a lot of the times what happened with Nagy and 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 uh, and Pace like, oh, let's go get Nick Foles. I knew him in, in Philadelphia. Oh, that's not really a good fit at all, as it turns out. Let um, my guy. He's Andy Dalton. He's the greatest. Let's go get we know it just like this is different. But you know, we, we, we can look far and wide. Um, they're they're they've been playing a lot in their comfort zone, which is normal when you're you know trying to just build good character in the locker room so they, at least they know what they're getting. Um, but at any rate, watch out, watch out for uh the Bears trading down perhaps with the Broncos. Matt saying Burt Jones for a backup quarterback. What do you think about that, Schmitty? I think Trevor Simeon is going to be the backup quarterback, so. Don't think there's going to be uh, any other quarterback moves here unless Nick Foles is cut or they can get a future seventh-round pick for him. Uh, that's probably going to be the only quarterback transactions we see. But speaking of quarterbacks, if there's, you know, how is this quarterback draft going to shake out? I don't know how many are going to go. First of all, I wouldn't say any of them have, like, true first-round grades on them. But maybe there's a quarterback available in the second round where there's a team that is looking to get their guy in the second round um, that maybe the Bears could trade with and, and get a, a an extra second or an extra three or a four 
or maybe even a pick for next year's draft. That would be that would be kind of nice. So you got to think if you're trading down, who is the team trading up to get? And maybe it's one of the quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I'm expecting the run on QBs to be uh, much greater than what's being reported lately. I, I think you take swings in the first round if you need a quarterback. Well, we'll see. We shall see. It's finally here, which – Thank God, because uh, the lead up to the draft is forever, but the draft is just amazing. Um, so enjoy it this week, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Windy City Chicago Bears podcast. Go in that YouTube description and get yourself entered into our sweepstakes. Uh, very easy steps, following myself, following Patrick, subscribing to the channel, and uh, turn those notifications on so you know when we're doing our special shows. In addition to the 5 o'clock central time bear time show every week that we do thanks everybody for checking in iceberg slim matt appreciate you guys getting in the chat as we start building this thing awesome to see you guys today schmitty good to be with you and yeah, we'll uh, see you friday for some live draft reaction let's go bears friday night baby get it right ryan pulse we'll see you then i always just remind myself to to always have fun, always have joy when playing basketball. Um, I wasn't always like that. Uh, when I was in college, it 100% affected my mood when I was playing in arenas like that and hearing the booze. Um, I mean, you just learn to find peace. It's just noise. It's just like cheers to me. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Loss is a loss. Whether it was one or it was 30. We got to come back regardless. Whether if we got lo we lost by 30 or if we lost by one point, we, we got to come back and compete. Just stay positive. First and foremost, you can't show panic, especially, you know, in, in veteran guys, you can't show panic. I think that we just need to fight them. Let's cut this guy. Like let the one, like signs in in March fifteenth, whatever. Cut April twenty fifth. Let's do it. Here in the booze, um, I mean, you just learn to find peace. It's just noise. It's just like cheers to me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.